1: Cheers, everybody. We are back for another edition of Bourbon on a Budget. Myself, Brendan Sinone, and Ben Cox, joined by a couple of very special guests from Three Chord Distillery, Mr. Neil, Neil Geraldo, and Mr. Three Chord Ari, Ari Sussman. Thank you so much for hanging out, gentlemen. Uh, I do like the option that the, the platform gives you to put whatever you want. Sometimes we play pranks on each other with the different names and stuff. But, guys, thank you for joining us. How are you tonight? We're good. Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> awesome. For sure. Awesome. Right. Our pleasure.
1: So we're all kind of sipping on some of your different whiskeys, some of your different mm-hmm. bourbons, ryes. We've got a fun little lineup that we'll get into a little bit later tonight, but we've got the the standard blended bourbon whiskey, which we're going to do a review of later this week. We've mm-hmm. got the um, straight bourbon whiskey that's finished in the Pinot Noir barrels. That's been a crowd favorite here tonight so far. The mm. rye whiskey as well, and then Got a special bottle of this twelve-year reserve barrel-proof whiskey, so that one might be a little bit harder for you guys to find out there. But it wasn't for us, so sorry about sorry <laughs> about your luck. But we will uh, not not for them, for everybody listening. Uh, but thank you guys for hanging out. We're excited about it. But let's start off. Let's uh, let's hear from these guys, Neil. Let's talk to you for just a moment. Tell us a little bit about um, man. How did you get into this? Uh, you know, obviously. <laughs> music musicians background musical background how in the world and not not in a bad way because we love whiskey obviously we do a whole show about it but why whiskey how did you get into this talk to us about take us back to the beginning
3: Okay, all right. Here, I'll I'll try to keep it as, as moving as quickly as we can, so we can get to everything. And the most important thing, we're going to be sipping some great whiskey. Hopefully, you guys are going to like this. So it goes like this. I'm going to have to uh, blame part of it on my grandpa Nunzio, Nunzio Geraldo, because yeah, he would put me on his knee when I was five years old, and Nilo, Nilo, and he would give me this this whiskey and grappa and wine that he made in his basement. When they came from Bronte, Catania, Sicily to America, it was the Bronx, and then it ended up being Cleveland, Ohio. They had a choice. They can either go to Detroit or Chicago um, or stay in New York there, but it went to Cleveland. So anyway, so that's my beginnings. And I remember drinking this grappa and this, this whiskey. And I, I mean, it, it scared the hell out of me. Truthfully, it was so bad.
4: Oh my God.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he made it in his basement and it's all the Sicilian way, Italian way. Everything is from the roots, right? So, um, and this is a great month for us. This is uh, the month of May, which is the fifth month of the year. Five is my favorite number. Other than three, I like three as well. Our anniversary was on the sixteenth of May, May 16th, 2016. And the story goes as this. I was working on a screenplay, because other than you know, writing songs and producing records and being a musician, I also write as well. I write screenplays. I got a couple books I'm working on that I haven't finished yet. Hopefully I'll finish them soon. Let's just say that. Soon, hopefully. So I was working on the screenplay to do um, uh, just like a treatment going as a, a hybrid kind of uh, film, right? Um, hybrid documentary. And uh, and the person was helping me out with it says, why don't we get a spirits company to give us some seed money uh, to get it going? We can get a trailer made. And I said, why don't we start our own company? And he laughed and he thought it was crazy, but I'm impulsive that way. And I thought it was a great venue because bourbon and whiskey, I chose whiskey because I I love conversation. I don't think people have enough Time in their lives to have conversation anymore, and bourbon and whiskey is a sipping. You sip and enjoy. You respect the moment. You know it's traditional. You know it's it's not not that there's anything wrong with jumping on tables. I'm just saying you <laughs> want to sit around and drink whiskey and have talk to friends, talk to your family. I just want to encourage that. So the conduit for doing a film about musicians, because what I want to do is give back to the to the musicians that I grew up with and all the musicians throughout the world that have, that struggle. To put food on the table for their families, because being a musician is a very, very tough career. I mean, there's a lot of really tough careers out there I mean, being a musician, because once you're a musician, you're one for life. It's not like you get into it and then you get out, you know, when you have it, you, you're there. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. And sometimes it does. So I started this film idea as a give back component. You actually give back to the city of Cleveland, Ohio, where I grew up as well. So it's all about the roots. It's all about a music ambassadorship program and a messaging that we started with 3 Court. The only other thing I'm going to say about it is when it came time for the name, originally the, the bourbon was called Steel Bending Bourbon. Okay. Now, that tastes like you're drinking liquid metal or something. This is not a good sounding thing, right? So, so every time I come up with a name, and I had some great ones like Legato, Legato, that's a great word, right? Taken, everyone was taken. Finally, the trademark attorney said to me, He says, The reason you don't have the right name yet is because the right one didn't come along yet. I woke up the morning, I says, Wait, that's it. Three chords in the truth, three chord bourbon, that's it. Called them up, and we secured the name, and that's how the company was. Uh, that's how it was born, and our first release was in June of 2018. Um, so, that's our story. And leading into Ari, three chord Ari over here. Um, I like that name. Um, when, when, when we were born on May 16, 2016, the first thing we were looking for was a, a distiller. We wanted to get a blender distiller that that. That followed the same messaging because you're going to learn about the brand that the messaging is very, very important and critical to our our future and what we're about. I didn't want a company that would be, uh, God willing, a successful, you know, uh, uh, you know, a 200, 300 million dollar company and then start to give back. I wanted to start right away from from day one that's how the that's how the, the company came about that's what we do it's about messaging it's about the truth and integrity and that's what we're that's really what we're about so we found when we found ari everything just started falling into place when i met ari and it's kind of it's funny he was he was working in the, this distillery and i met him and i, I shook his hand gave him a hug and i knew from that minute that he was the right guy and, and you know i was right He's, he's perfect for us. He's, 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 he's our brand. We're all a team, every single yeah. one of us. So well, on that well, note, well, I've well, talked well, enough already. So
4: I want to follow well, up with, follow with, up that with that Neil. How, huh? did, you How did you decide that, that we're going to go down the road? Like, especially like in 2016 or so blending as some people in the bourbon community were kind of stick their nose up at it. And that's changed so oh. much since then. How did you decide that's what we're going to do when we're going to master it? We're going to be really great at this aspect.
3: I'll tell you you how this happened. In music, my whole career, I've been a disruptor. And what I mean by that, I was never afraid to mix genres of music. I wasn't afraid to to do things um, that some people would fear. I like to be brave. And and what I found out, because I learned something new every day, what I found out about music and blending, they're exactly the same. It, it's it, In music, you, you set a palette up and you set a landscape and all these little tones matter to the sound of a record. And I can tell you this, I can play you a song, I can subtract something from that song as small as a reverb on a snare drum or a little guitar part somewhere, and you will not maybe like the song as much as you did when you had that little thing. So when I met Ari and I was talking, saying we, we agreed both that we were both disruptive in a positive sense. And when Ari started telling me, he goes, I, you know, I blend. I love doing this just like the, you know, in Scotland and scotches and everything else. And and I was sold on it. I First of all, what matters the most? It's it's the flavor. It's it's the story. It's your life. It's it's what you're trying to say with your brand. And um, I don't care if it's blended in, in a bathtub. If it tastes great, you know, that's all that matters. And a uh, whole team feels the same way. The last thing I will say is that. Everybody has a say-so in this company, every single person that works for it. If one person says, I don't like what this expression is like, well, let's look at it again. Let's see until we can have a, everybody liking it. That's the way it goes. Not one person controls this company. It doesn't happen.
4: So sorry, you, you're a disruptor as well. Can you tell us how you how you made your way into disrupting in the bourbon industry? I guess your background is in wine initially. So how did you kind of translate that over to, to blending different types of bourbon and whiskeys?
2: Yeah, well, thank you. First of all, I, I want to clarify: we don't actually blend in bathtubs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you it'd be great. That, that, that might that, be the it could title be a of special the special release
2: at some point. <laughs> right. Set up the cameras on the bathtub, and you get to watch yeah. the whole process.
4: Yeah, depending um, on depending on whose bathtub, it, you may be able
2: to sell it for a lot. Uh, each for mm. each bottle. Yeah. Some weirdos out there, just say. let <laughs> right. we'll think about that later. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> so, my background is I grew up in a family that uh, wine was served with dinner, wine was served at holidays. It was sacramental. Um, It wasn't looked down upon, it was sort of revered. And early on when I was in my teens, I used to uh, hang up coats uh, for the Ann Arbor Wine Wine Club. It's like a group of dudes at the time, they all had mustaches and ponytails and they would drink wine together. And my buddy and I would hang up coats. And, and at the end of the night, we were like 15, we'd get to taste some wine. Um, later on, I thought I was going to have a career in politics as an analyst. And uh, once I started working at the state capitol, I realized that wasn't the thing to do. I ended up moving to France and got a job at a winery, which was hmm. exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, and while I was there, I, there was a still. And we, were, we made brandy and we made wine. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the manufacture of these products that people enjoy, right, and in, in, in use as a cohesive thing. Like to make that from natural ingredients is something that I just love doing that. right? Uh, love brewing, love winemaking, love distilling. And, and for me, distilling is, is sort of the most interesting in a lot of ways. Um, and what we're doing at Three quarters is pushing the boundaries of of even that category. Uh, but when I came back to the United States, I didn't have the disposable, disposable income to, to buy all the booze that I wanted to try and all the wines that I wanted to try. So I got into hospitality and bar management, bartending, and spent a decade training my palate, working with people on the other side of the bar, and learning a lot about the world of wine and spirits and cocktails and all of that. But in the back of my mind, I always felt like I was, I had two feet in the field. Like I knew what it, it was like to make stuff. And when I heard people poo-pooing wine, you know, sales reps coming in, be be like, ah, oh, it's only $6 a bottle. You're not gonna like it. I would always think to myself, no, there's people that made that and don't poo-poo that, right? That's That's got integrity to it. So my perspective was always a little bit different. Um, and it occurred to me when the cocktail thing was happening and I was super, I was getting into cocktails. I was reading old books that had ingredients, spirits, that when I went looking for them, turned out they hadn't been made in 80 years. Mm. These old spirits that I wanted to try in these cocktails haven't been made. So I got online and I was like, okay, who can teach me how to make these spirits, right? I want to make cocktails with them, they don't exist, I can make them. Turned out at the time, if you wanted to learn how to distill in like 2008, 2009, there, there was only one university in the United States that would teach you. It was Michigan State University. And uh, I happened to have gone there for un- undergrad, knew nothing about this. And uh, so when I was 30, I called up the professor and I said, I would like to make these spirits that uh, used to exist, but don't exist anymore. And he said, yeah, I'm not interested in doing that. But if you want to come learn how to distill, mop the floor. We're looking for someone to basically clean up the place. And I said, sure. And a couple months later, I was the distillery manager at Michigan State, and we were developing products for uh, tons of craft distilleries and working with big distilleries as well on uh, development of yeast strains and mash bills and and, uh, maturation conditions and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of what I learned, which was like a crash course, I spent five years uh, working at the distillery, uh, lots of tricks of the trade that go back in history. Um, blending techniques that aren't currently being used, but that were used for a hundred years in the United States. Mm-hmm. And when I met Neil and he spoke of integrity, he spoke of truth, three chords in the truth. And he said, we're going to be successful and we're going to do this the right way. I was kind of sold because, and he said, we're going to be disruptive. I said, I have this whole playbook of techniques that, I'd, that I think, have applications in the marketplace. And a lot of those techniques have kind of come to fruition in, in, in the products that we're making. Well,
3: yeah, and we it... will not inject our whiskey or bourbon with with any kind of flavoring. We, we won't do that. We don't do it, yeah. we won't do it. And, and meanwhile, by the way, we, we talk a lot about uh, blending. In music too, we got blending and mixing. when you When you have a lot of background vocals, you blend them vocals. But the final outcome of your record is mixing, right? So during there's mixing and blending. So, but also distilling. We're also distillers as well. Don't don't just say that we're blenders because we are storing our juice and we're growing it and yeah. we're distilling. Yeah, I was we're gonna, gonna I was it.
4: gonna ask about that. I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to, to ask Ari is, uh, kind of again keeping in line with disruptive here, uh, the mm-hmm. heating process that you guys use with with. Uh, you're finishing. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I was looking up on the yeah. research. It sounded super interesting and, and unique. Uh, please, can you inform our audience about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the ways, and this is primarily for for, um, for our blended bourbon, our introductory expression. In fact, okay. if you have a glass, go that's ahead. And what and I have, that's something. what I have
4: right here. I'm almost done with the <laughs> glass.
2: <laughs> I'm going to pour myself some as well. So what we wanted to do in the introductory expression, which, which is our lowest proof, which is our first offering... Uh, uh, it it says blended bourbon really it's just a blends of bourbon Uh, was create a whiskey that used a variety of ages of bourbon and kind of highlighted the coolest thing that happens at each stage in whiskey. So young whiskey, which is don't, I don't like to drink by itself. That's, that's it. Um, Can have a really great grain character that during years three and four gets totally overtaken by the wood, right, and that's Mm -hmm. bourbon. And you lose something, you lose grain character, right? Grain character is what most distillers in the world go for. You go to Scotland, they're gonna talk about the character of the grape, right? You Mm -hmm. go to Ireland, you go to Cognac, they're gonna talk about the character of the grape. Um, Grain character is not a big deal in American whiskeys. And one of the things you know really important in the wine world is when you make wine, the fruit is the star of the show, and the wood plays a supportive role that's mm-hmm. bourbon is the other way around right mm-hmm. but because bourbon is 80 percent wood flavor right the, the wood is the star of the show right. and the grain plays a supporting role what we wanted to do is give the grain you know give the drummer some we wanted to give the grain a little bit put it forward just a little bit and for that we used uh two year kentucky Boom. for the mid palette and, and it was just for that character that by itself is not like a unique and compelling whiskey, but that as a component of blend can add something that you just don't have in older whiskeys. It gets overtaken by the wood. Another component of three quart blended bourbon is uh, four and a half to five year old Indiana bourbon, twenty one percent corn or twenty one percent rye, and then for the low end for the base notes to bring it kind of to tie it all together we use a 12 to 16 year old Tennessee whiskey, a bourbon whiskey from Tennessee. And using whiskeys of different ages from different distilleries with slightly different mash bills, different yeast strains, and then blending them in certain proportions gives you a whiskey that's unique in and of itself. But one thing that it lacked was that we wanted an introductory whiskey that was really important for for the vision of this product was we wanted like a lot more vanilla than that product mm-hmm. would have. So what we did, and this is the heating process that you're asking about, is you can take the barrel. You know, if you if you take a barrel apart and you look at how far the um, the liquid goes in and comes out, and how much wood it, how much character it extracts from the wood, it's a small component of the wood in those staves. So we like to break staves down. Uh, mm-hmm. and basically. Retoast them, give them another low-level char, retoast, and then let the whiskey circulate through. It's the same wood that uh, it's the same barrels that it came in. We're just pulling out more of what, what is in there, and that is, you know, an innovation that we think makes a really cool whiskey. It, it 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 was the it was the missing thing in the blend that we had to add to it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, now that you talk about your kind of approach and providing more like crane character as opposed to, you know, wood, you know, rising above everything else. I remember drinking it earlier this afternoon and being like, man, this, I have a lot more of the fruity floral notes on this as opposed to like your like, oak and, and, and caramel. So that really matches
2: up with your approach. So you definitely you know, characters. Care. That's yeah. what we're, that's what we're trying to coax out. It is a hundred percent there. And, uh, I think brennan talked or
0: uh when we were drinking earlier we were just chatting he was pulling a lot of like lemon zest out of it and i was like yes I, I see like a lot of lemon almost like a sweet tea kind of kind of approach and so that's pretty distinct um in in the bourbon character so i think you've definitely accomplished your uh the goal you set out there on your entry bourbon one that i'm really uh excited about i want to talk more about is, is the pinot noir finished uh bourbon which to me it's almost like kind of a return to that sweetness uh, mm-hmm. Of bourbon um, and you having that wine background, I think that is just plays really well into this bottle. Uh, so talk a little bit about
2: the, the Pinot. You know uh, what I'll say really quickly, Neil is, is uh, I love I love the interaction between wine and whiskey, and had been waiting to see sort of what as a company we would create in that genre, right? And 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 Neil uh, I think, uh, nailed it. Well, so thank you. I,
3: I, I, I may have nailed the idea. <laughs> you nailed the juice. I got to tell you, it's phenomenal. So, so here's the story behind strange collaboration. Uh, my daughter was dating this boy, a uh, young man, his name was Johnny strange. And at that time she was dating him. He was the youngest person to climb all seven summits. And his family, the Strange family, were all environmental. Um, what do they call them? They had a TV show too, as well. They all climbed. Everybody in the family climbed, ran, did bikes. I mean, uh, true athletes, right? So Johnny Strange was was a wild young man, a great, great, uh, great young man. And he would, uh, when he was dating my daughter, he would he would get himself in trouble, some trouble. And he he uh, always talked to me. I'm the, I was like the surrogate father because he. He, he needed me in his life. I, I really felt that. So he would come to me, talk really quiet. Can you help me? And, and I did. I, I, and I got a really close relationship with him. In fact, one of the, one of the summits uh, at the base camp, he, he had a cell, he had a satellite phone. So he would always call my daughter. And I, of course you'd say, I'm going to talk to your father. So I get on the phone. He said, you got to do this next one. You're going to do, you have to do, I go, listen, I've climbed a lot of mountains in my life. That's a metaphor. I don't need to be climbing real mountains anymore. Okay. I'm too old to be doing that. You do the climbing. I'll enjoy your, your whole process. So what happened was um, he was in Switzerland and uh, it was a tragic event. He was a flyer and he, he took off and he he caught a, a draft that wasn't proper and he died that day. And it was, it was tragic. It was horrible. Uh, it was just, you, you can't imagine losing a child. It, you, it's just the worst possible thing on earth. So time passed since that happened. And I was in a restaurant. Uh, we both live in the same time, t- uh, town, his father, Brian. And I saw him and he came up to him. As soon as he saw me, he broke into tears. I gave him a big hug. We both teared up together. And, and I says, and he just started talking that he started this uh, vineyard called Strange Family Vineyards. And it's 100% percent nonprofit. All the proceeds go to Johnny Strange Foundation. And I says, well, you know, I started a spirits company and I have bourbons. Uh, what do you think about putting some of our juice in some Pinot barrels? He's, uh, he goes, I think it's a fabulous idea. So that's how the relationship started. Uh, so that's how Strange Collaboration began. And just so you know, we also give proceeds to the johnny strange foundation from every sale of this bottle as well and we are proud uh, to do that for that family and for him and his legacy and if you if you ever want to read about him or anything he was on the jay leno show he was an, a remarkable young man you you got to just google him johnny strange uh flyer and you'll you'll read all about him. but anyway great family uh brian and i are spiritually connected we will we we'll be that way for always and um, and that's how it began. And you know the thing about Ari, which is really cool. This is why I knew right from the very beginning. We have conversations, and all it takes is one word. And he's like, "Wait, but what about if we did this?" And I'd say, "Do it." I would say, "Do it. Just do anything. Just do it. I don't care." And that's how we do stuff. Is that right, Ari?
2: That's that's right. Well, it's, it's so really it. we benefit. We benefit. So the idea to collaborate with a specific company came before. Uh, you know, I had tasted their product or anything like that. Right. Weird position to be in. Could could be awkward. Turns out their products good. Right. Not only is their product good, they use real barrels. So like American whiskey barrels are two hundred and fifty dollar barrels. They use like one thousand to twelve hundred dollar barrels. French oak. Gorgeous, amazing barrels. So the question was. Again, and it, it came back to this concept of, of grain forward versus uh, fruit flavored, or versus uh, wood wood dominant in whiskey. And American whiskey is generally wood dominant. What we wanted to do here was was create a whiskey. We had to determine what proof it was going to be at. Turns out, it wanted to be at 99 proof, Perfect. which was higher than I thought it was going to be. Um, what happens at 99 proof is you take that crossover market of wine drinkers who are willing to try a whiskey. And they taste something at 99, they're like, ah, <laughs> 14%. Like, 14% is high for me. Uh, but this whiskey wanted to be at 99 proof. In, and, and we took um, two- and three-year-old Kentucky uh, bourbon, and then we added some eight-year-old on the back end just to bring it up so that it was a, a proper, like, structured spirit so that mm-hmm. it was balanced so it wasn't top-heavy or, or, or like lumbering or anything it was just, it felt harmonious. Uh, and then we finish it, we bring the proof down. We don't wanna add water at the end. The idea of adding water at the end of whiskey making and just taking this beautiful beautiful thing, just adding neutral liquid to dilute it is mm. not something we do a lot of in this company, hardly ever. Um, so proof it down before it goes in the barrels, that's a technique that's not used by a ton of people but it's a low barrel entry proof. And it means that you're flavoring all that proofing water at the same time, right? You're not adding neutral water in later, you're flavoring it with all the, the, the wine that's in the barrels. And then uh, of course, barrels, are, barrels move a lot as they get hot and cold. So moving these barrels around, making sure they're in a hot place, a cold place before we dump them out to push all the liquid out to get all the wine and wood character out of this beautiful French oak is uh, you know this 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 particular spirit needs to be moved around. And what I'll say about it is, it started as a one-off project. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's That's do right. it one time. Right. And then it was like, oh, I someone tried it, and can they get a bottle? And like, yeah. no, we just did it once. Then, okay, bring some more barrels over. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. And then it was yeah. like a four-barrel thing, just to like, and it kind of grew by itself. Correct. And mm-hmm. you know, it's. It's amazing the response that it's gotten. Um, it, it won a gold medal in 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 San Francisco, which was amazing, right?
3: Mm. Right, right. Oh yeah.
2: Who would have thunk? Um, <laughs> so yeah. In 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 when I when I heard that we we're going to use Pinot Noir, right? We're not going to use Cabernet. We're not going to use Sherry. We're not going to use big whiskeys. We're going to use maybe like the most delicate. Red wine grape right. that's out there.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: How can we make it so the the you can still taste the essence of that grape, but still have a ninety nine proof straight Kentucky you know blend? It was a, it was a wonderful experience putting this together.
4: But Neil, how did you decide? So I know looking at the the vineyard and like so different types of wines. I've only had one type of Pinot finished whiskey before this, and this is exquisite. Uh, it, it's really good. How did you decide? Like, we're do Pinot. We could have done Cab. We could have done other types of of wines. How did you decide? Like, Pinot is what we're going to go with here.
3: The same uh, way I decided to start with bourbon. I mean, people would when I first started talking. I say, why don't you do vodka? is you know, it's easy. You could do vodka. You could do gin. You can gin. You could slap your name on it. And I says, first of all, this is not a celebrity brand. Okay, let's we get that right off right away. I'm a musician, I'm a proud musician, I like spirits, I like bourbon, so I chose bourbon because it was tough and difficult, and I needed somebody talented like Ari to, to see that vision and be part of this family. So yeah. when it came to Pinot, Pinot is a, is, a, is a tough grape, you know, it's it's a tough, tough grape. So when I was talking to, to Brian Strange, and he was telling me, yeah, we do cabs, we do Merlot, we do Pinot, I said, stop, Pinot's it, you got to do that. Because it's a tough one. Here's yeah. the other thing that's important. In music, for my forty-five years of professional in the professional world of music, I've always challenged an audience. I never dumbed anyone down. I refuse to dump anyone down. I challenge people. And and a lot of times when you challenge people musically, they don't always quite get the idea of what you're trying to do. It takes them a little time, but once they get it, they love it. Cause they challenge themselves too. So I just did that. Speaking of that, what are we going to do after we do a bunch of bourbons, Ari? What's the next one?
2: <laughs> we love grapes, right? So I think we're thinking about a grappa. Yes, that's exactly oh, right. Awesome. Yeah. All we're right. Back, we're going back to the roots.
3: <laughs> yeah. A drinkable, smooth, drinkable, beautiful nose grappa. Let's be oh clear my about
4: God. it. I, yeah. my, my first time getting dr- drunk, getting intoxicated was grappa in Italy uh, after I graduated. Uh, high school, we went to Italy, uh, and you can drink over there. And it was a homemade grappa uh, at the mm-hmm. house we were staying at, uh, and it was strong. And I was not used to drinking hard liquor at that point. And it was basically it's Italian moonshine for the people listening at home. It is exactly right. It, it is intense, uh, but good it memories. I guess what I can't remember.
2: <laughs> I want I <laughs> to submit. I want to posit something. I want to submit something just for consideration for one moment, which is when I was growing, when I was you know of a certain age. If you said tequila, people would go, "Oh, I had the worst hangover I've ever had on tequila!" Like that that. stuff is, you know, that's what you drink when you're just taking shots. Mm -hmm. How much is a good bottle of tequila now? Oh, how much do tequila brands sell for now? Yeah, market's crazy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Part of zigging when people zag, part of being disruptive, is to take that thing that maybe hasn't been done. As well as it should be done, that what te- what tequila was to us, anytime you say grappa, fire water, well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's V. Mm-hmm. It's an eau de vie. It's it's a it's a it's a European style eau de vie that nobody's tried changing or elevating in a long time, right? But all the ingredients are right there, yeah, for a really yeah. good spirit.
3: And it's great because it comes from it comes from just you know the seeds and the byproducts. It's it's the it's so much of the Italian Sicilian way. Just like you know you know food you know peasant food. We all eat Italian food. A lot of it is peasant food. That's that's all right. from the root of it. That's that's important. So Ari's on the same page. I, I anytime I say anything, he, he the light bulb. Problem is
2: book. now is what like what like Dogecoin at like four cents. That's what, <laughs> That's, That's what we're going it. with, Rafa. Huh?
1: <laughs> we we want to uh, we we don't want to keep you guys too much longer, but we do want to talk about these last two before yes. we get out of here. So we'll go quick through these. But we yep. have converted Brendan into being a Rye guy. He's not been a Rye guy for long. You guys Ooh, have an excellent. Love Rye. Rye. Amplify rye whiskey. Let's start there. We'll go to the big boy last. We'll save the best for last. But talk to us about this rye whiskey. I'm a spice guy. Ben's a spice guy. Yes, jumping into it. But talk to us about it.
2: Go ahead, Ari. So, I'm glad you enjoy it. I I, w- I don't know if we'd save the best for last. I we were talking before the broadcast. In in you know I'm drinking rye components. Um and and. and uh, Rye has a special place in our heart because Mm -hmm. rye is kind of an underappreciated grain. Uh, Rye has a ton more character than corn. Rye whiskey has a ton more flavor. Not wood-derived flavor, but grain-derived flavor.
0: Yes.
2: Um, Than corn, you know, the same field that will give you eight barrels of bourbon if you grow corn on it will give you like two and a half barrels of rye if you grow rye on it it's a financially irresponsible beverage (laughs) (laughs)
1: the only
2: reason why you make it and there's a ton of other reasons it's like it's a pain in the ass to produce it just it turns into glue it bubbles over Mm -hmm. the only reason you make it is because it has a flavor that nothing else has right that's why people make rye whiskey and we wanted to highlight that flavor and uh and so we we love when rye is at a, at a certain point, and if you blend it correctly, I, hope, I think you can have a structured rye that also has the, the cherry notes that we love uh, that come from the grain, a, a little bit of spice, not not an overwhelming, it's not a spice bomb. Um, it's mm-hmm. really, when farmers talk about rye, they call it a fruit. They don't call it a grain. They call it the, the fruit of the rye. And we really wanted the rye character to come through, really like honor that grain.
3: Yeah, I just needed. I all I had to say the Ari was one word. I says, you know what my favorite fruit is, <laughs> cherry. He goes,
0: yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. When we yeah. poured
4: these out earlier and, and nosing it, I was like, this smells almost like like gushers, like the fruitiness of of like the the fruit of of gushers. Like that was what I got in addition to the rye spice. But I've never smelled. Mm-hmm. I'm new into it, but a rye that had that pronounced of uh, a fruity nose, uh, really unique and interesting. So kudos to you guys. Because uh, that's definitely what I got was was like that that well, cherry One thing I'll say about
2: rye is I think that as a as a whiskey category, keep an eye on rye. A lot of the innovation happening in whiskey is happening with rye, not uh, bourbon. Interesting. Yes. See what's going yes. on with, with rye, mm-hmm. because what what we're seeing with rye will be in bourbon in five years, but okay. it's starting now in rye. So so check out the innovations going on there. Interesting. Yeah. Rye's the so, best.
1: Will M- yeah Ben's a big rye. I love I rye. rye. I love Rice. He named his he named his first son rye. Um, he <laughs> 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 yeah, like might be the second son though. That yeah, be, be good. Um, all right, so we've got the last one up here that we all have poured and we're all sipping on uh, barrel proof twelve year uh, the twelve bar reserve. So let's talk about that one.
2: Uh, Neil said. You've made the introductory expression of bourbon. Mm-hmm. Now make something that can go head to head with any bourbon in the world. You know, no, no, just a, your typical. Go hit a home run. <laughs> go put something. Oh yeah. That, a blind taste test can stand up against any other bourbon. And uh, I said, if if we're going to make it really really interesting, let's get let's make everything minimum of twelve. So it's all twelve to sixteen year old in there. Right. Okay. And. It's a blend of Tennessee and Kentucky. So each of those styles, I feel, has strengths and weaknesses, Mm subjectively speaking. And what we did is, over the course of a a long process, and Neil talked about how everyone gets a say and we listen to everyone during the creative process before we lock in on a recipe and a profile. It's really a profile, because the recipe changes, but hopefully the profile is consistent. we wanted something that was going to hopefully take the best from Kentucky and uh, in, in Tennessee in terms of good, foolproof uh, bourbon. And, you know, this is what we this is what we ended up with.
3: Right. We wanted a bigger hug. You know, Ooh. when we started right. off, you, you know, you have to, you know, with anything, you, you know, you start off with one and you just gradually grow. You move forward. We yeah. you know, we took a lot of heat. Pardon the, the expression, the point on that. We took a lot of heat in the beginning because our 81 proof blend, they, a, lot of, a lot of the bourbon snobs would, would say, oh, only 81 proof. Oh, I ain't going to drink that. Then somewhere down the line, all of a sudden they're coming back and they go, you guys still got that blended around? Because <laughs> because you, you, yeah. it's all about the flavor and the profile, what you're trying to get, the expression, you know?
2: So we so, wanted to approve that we could do yeah. some, like low lower uh, proof bourbon Correct. Well, we sort of wanted, hey, we, we do this, but we also do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and one thing that we do see is that our first expression, blended bourbon, comes out at 81 proof. Our second expression, which is rye, 95 proof. Third expression, strange, uh, came out at 99. 12 bar comes out, 107. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know later it's whiskey drummer, almost 119.
1: Mm-hmm. We, didn't, we didn't get a up- we did not see a pretty good up there. I
2: was it. That one wasn't in my little gift
1: bag. Oh, uh, it's I It's really like the art. It that's is really cool, really nice. It's, yeah. it's well, like
3: That's bomb, my right? grandpa nunzio. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this
4: is,
3: no, this is uh, yeah, this is spectacular too. Sorry, you guys didn't get it. Next time you get it, we can put that together. Yeah, this is uh, this is fantastic.
2: Absolutely, What's the fifteen-year-old straight Kentucky. Mm-hmm. as opposed to the 12-year-old blend of Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah.
1: Um, can I ask you real quick before we go, why did you decide on 81? Is that just where it came out, where you wanted it to be? What is, does that number have any significance? So I, we talked about before this show, I'm a big uh, Kobe Bryant fan. So when I saw 81, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's perfect. I know that's not why you picked it. But why why 81? <laughs> but if you tell me that, I'm only drinking this for the rest of my life. So Okay, well here. Okay, listen. Here you go. <laughs> it was cuz of
3: Kobe Bryant. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> cuz then he go to 23, 24, no, no, 24, no. 24 24 24
4: 24.
3: Okay, so so the deal with 81 is this. And this is the truth of it. We tried going Eighty three, eighty five, and and we were losing some of that, you know, vanilla kind of thing that was going on. Then we tried lower a little bit higher it didn't, and then we settled on eighty one without nobody knowing. But the other part of it is I don't like even numbers. I like odd numbers. Mm, so, I like it.
4: So, Ninety five, one hundred seven. Yeah, you do. That's consistent. Yeah, all right, yeah. all right. I
1: don't all right. even odd number
2: samples.
1: <laughs> of, uh, well, everybody does eighty. Everybody <laughs> in the world does eighty. Yeah, no, that's even. I don't want an 80. But see, here's the thing too. I like 81. I like the idea.
3: 81 is great too, because if you take eight and add it to one, it's a nine. And nine is a phenomenal odd number. So so Ari knows this already. So it's it's you, 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 we gotta have even numbers. We, 12 bar reserve. That's an even number, but again, two plus one is three. So I'm I'm okay with that. Because in the blues progression, you can't really have 11 bar phrase. So let's sit Well, you can, but let's just stick with the uh, 12 or
1: 16. So, oh my, I'm goodness. wearing a
4: nine and three quarters shirt during this, too. I like so that. Is, uh, yeah, it's appropriate. Yeah. I like
1: that. Too. 95. Look, mine's got 95. On it <laughs> what are you wearing, Ben?
0: Salt Life, <laughs> Salt Life 23. You know, <laughs> gentlemen, <I didn't>
1: know. <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much um, for thank hanging me. out with Thanks us. We've happening. had a blast. We've enjoyed the the drinks, the laughs, the education, all of it. Um, you know, we're again later this week we're reviewing the standard um the 81 bourbon, right? I don't know, that's not the name of it, but the blended bourbon. And we're super excited for that. But thank you guys so much, Ari Neil, for hanging out yeah. with us. You guys yeah. go pick up a bottle of three chord, the expression that best suits you, or just all of them. And, yeah. uh, and check them out. But thank you guys so much for hanging out. We, we couldn't tell you enough how much we appreciate it.
3: Uh, thanks for having us, too. You guys are great, man. You're having a we lot of fun. I love that.
2: Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. You guys
3: take care. All right. All right take, take care, care guys. guys. Thank you.
2: Cheers. Thanks
3: again.
1: Awesome. Ari Sussman, That's so good Glender, and Neil Giraldo. Try not to mess that up. I'm, I'm really Giraldo. good at uh, people getting off the show. Giraldo. People getting off the show. Don't do what that thing you were just saying. That's Geraldo. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't know. Do it
0: I can do it in oh, Italian. Right.
1: Ben yeah, doing yeah, it I can do it. I'm you congested. just did it. I'm I did not do it. I was swirling my glass. I'm, I'm swirling so my the Geraldo. That's, yeah, that's enough out of you guys. So, uh-huh. really interesting stuff there. I liked hearing, you know, kind of what they were about, why they picked different things, why they went with different things, and good education there. Something a little different. We haven't had a, a lot of distillers. Actually, we haven't had any uh, distiller blenders, anybody on or Anybody big like that with the show. So awesome, awesome interview. Enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and glad that we got to hang out with them. Thanks, uh, thanks to my guy Chris for setting that up. That was really good stuff. So
4: thanks, Chris.
1: Um, shout out Chris. Okay, time for everybody's favorite segment of this show, pursuits That's and right. purchases. Trading, all that, all those things. Um, who wants to go first on this? I
4: think Brandon definitely wants to go first. Mine's less exciting than yours. Okay. All right. So, ooh, you guys zoomed in on me, huh? No pressure. No pressure. You just zoomed out on everyone else. Whatever. I realized that I've been spending a little bit frequently on bourbon lately. So I said, hey, you know what? Calm down. Don't buy anything. Well, it just so happens my mother-in-law, out of nowhere, sent me a, like, all of a sudden there was a package that had to be signed for today. And I was like, "Ooh, what's this? I'm 21 and older, and this has got my name on it." I opened it up, bam! Henry McKenna, ten year mm, single nice. barrel, little bottle and bond action. Yeah, apparently they had it a, like a, she was on an email list for uh, different wines at a place up in upstate New York, and they had a little Henry McKenna ten action. So, yeah, uh, yeah, never go wrong with a little Henry McKenna ten. One of my favorite. Uh and it, was, it was one of the ones that made me fall in love with bourbon early on. I love Henry McKenna 10. So thank you.
0: Yeah. So does the Sandy. rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
4: San Francisco 2018 and 2020. Yeah. They really, messed, they really messed it up for everyone.
1: <laughs> Couldn't um, just let well enough alone.
2: Yeah.
1: So Ben and I picked something up actually today. So yes. you'll hear about it a week late, but we were lucky enough to hear and stop by. Yes. Lukens in Tampa, and we both were able to pick up a bottle of Stag Junior. Stag Junior, everybody loves Stag Junior, but it's a store pick. That's so right. super excited to have gotten that. Can't wait to crack it open. Ben's a big Stag Junior fan. I am mm-hmm. as well. So excited to crack that open and try it. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, we got a couple more things. All right, Ben, I won't steer your thunder. You want to say what we got from ABC the other day? Yes.
0: Uh, in addition to the Stag Junior, it's been a pretty. Not budget
1: week. it's been not
0: budget week. But when good bottles are available, you gotta just buy them and then figure out who, who you want to split them with. And you know, TJ's agreed to spend thirty, th- you know, seventy percent of it, and I spend thirty percent of that's it. That's how it works here. That's how it goes. You know, 70-30 split. Um, but we got a bottle of Michter's ten year bourbon Ooh. and a bottle of Woodford Reserve Masters. Batch proof at 128.6, 123.3, something like that. So uh, pretty stoked on those two. So once we get those open, we'll have to tell you about it. But
1: no, I'm i was stoked. The, Yeah, and that, those weren't even the ones I was thinking of. I kind of forgot about those after driving to and from Orlando on Sunday. Oh, Backing man, up a couple days. Before, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back up a couple days before that, and we were able to pick up a Knob Creek 12. Got that on, got that at ABC. Mm. Um, so uh, you know, we had Sean on a couple of weeks ago. Sean was telling us, telling me that he really liked that. We were texting back and forth, so shout out, (laughs) Sean. And then we also, is that a lower
4: proof one, like
1: compared to the other knob? It is, it's 100 proof versus the nine, which is 120.
0: Yes,
4: the red, the red label, um, or the gold.
1: No, it's blue and gold as opposed to black and gold. And And then we also got, we also picked up a, um, again. It helps with Ben does live so close because we just split everything and then the cost is so much lower. But well, we yeah. picked up a Jack Daniels Barrel Strength Rye, uh, the 2020 special edition, Secret which I heard girl, ABC girl. put out Ooh. on like on mistake, like that was in Whoopsie the vault like, three or four weeks ago. So Ben and yeah. I got one, and that's really cool. So it is cool because yeah. I you know, whenever I buy a new bottle, I'm just like my wife's like, What are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I split it with Ben, it's okay, you know, no big deal. So that's right. Anyway, we'll we'll Every crack 30. all these open. <laughs> Seven, and he gets like 70% of the bottle. It's, That's uh, how it is. goes. So uh, when we crack all these open, we'll let you know how they are. But yeah, uh, I'm on timeout from buying um, anything else this week because that was a lot of fun. Another pursuit that I had, not a pursuit, a purchase that I had. My wife's not a big fan of this, but I'm going to put this up on the screen. Yes. And I want you guys' immediate reaction. Okay.
4: If it's a new picture if, of you, that would fit. Uh wife's not a fan of it.
1: It's, yeah. literally, you literally look at a picture of me the entire episode. So for those that are Dude. – um, Dude. Naked.
4: Not naked was the key word.
1: For those that are listening, you probably won't be able to see this.
4: Yeah. Um, Definitely but for everybody that's watching,
1: check this out, guys. This oh. now sits on my whiskey cabinet. What do you think right. about that?
4: I have I have something and and people who listen wait, wait, to wait, me – Wait, Should we tell
1: people what it is? Me and yeah. Brendan yeah. Oh, yeah, going it. with this?
4: Yeah. So I got, I got something a, on this, though.
1: It's a brass yeah. buffalo. From buffalo uh-huh. trace yeah that has a tray on either side the tray on one side of the buffalo is about the size that you could fit a blanton's bottle in the tray on the other side i i don't know what you'd use that for maybe glen um,
4: yeah, yeah. maybe glen
1: karen each one would fit um, it but, and right. it's a and it's a brass well, yeah you could do that or you could do like an ashtray i guess but it's a brass <laughs> buffalo trace buffalo with right. again two kind of trays on both sides of it so my wife hates it when I pulled it out of the box yesterday. Shout out my guy. I've shot everybody out today, but shout out Rick for sending this. My wife cannot stand it. What do you guys think?
0: I can easily see why your wife hates this. <laughs> <laughs> and why she makes you put it in your Harry Potter closet.
2: Because...
4: I, um, I, I went on a rant about this on, on the bench the other day uh, after we were outside of the Unconquered statue. For like three hours, it, it just has always oh, bothered me. Plugging your other
0: podcast is great.
4: I also, worst <laughs> stock show, DogCoin was mentioned as well.
0: Okay, it's it's not DogCoin. I'll tell you
4: Dodge, that. Much. Dodge, Dodge, DodgeCoin. No, no, you have Doge. to at least know how to pronounce
0: it. If it's Doge.
4: Dogecoin. I'm, I'm not into that penny stock bull crap. Oh
0: my gosh. Fifty cent stock. Doge. That is true.
4: Crypto. Seventy yeah. cents at one
2: point. Oh my god! Oh my god! I want to
4: talk about the genitalia on the buffalo. I hate how they make statues anatomically correct for animals. It doesn't make sense. Why? Just Why because it necessary? you
0: does not mean that you need to be all upset about it. You know. I
4: mean,
1: are you jealous of the buffalo? Yeah.
4: yeah. I mean that buffaloes does not uh, a real life one actual
0: to scale buffalo.
1: So you're you're dwarfed. You're upset about the balls and the penis on the buffalo. And yeah, it's, on
4: nec- it's a non-necessary detail. Now you have a buffalo penis in your living room.
1: Do you no, my hair Put fire. horns
4: on the buffalo? Do you put horns on a deer? Like is that I is that mean, too, it's just, it's just like, too accurate. manly for you? Oh, accurate, uh, there's too. just like do you give it a, no, like, speaking, a, of that,
1: a speaking of that? that, they make they make mannequins way too lifelike now. You know, <laughs> this is the most like, useless podcast, <laughs> podcast material I've material error in my life. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> you guys you like the buffalo, you don't like the buffalo? Where are we at with this?
0: I can see um, it being in a closet underneath your stairs I, the entire time. Anywhere guess, else, yeah. not happening. Now, yeah. if I
1: build a man cave slash bar in the new house that we're going to get then, in the yeah, neighborhood, yeah, yeah. it'll be but cool for the bar. That, right. Just have like,
0: a- if you put it in a room by itself. Then yes, but like, yeah. I don't like people who have like bourbon, like barrel, like lids, you know, around or whatever. I'm like, come on,
1: this. your your light fixture in your kitchen is literally a barrel. I know that was in the house. Okay. Uh, right. You get a credit. You get we get we credit. Want it, so. All right.
4: I just think there's not enough. Like, it. you can't just have one buffalo penis statue in your house. <laughs> you need like 20 of them. If you're going to commit right. to it, just commit to it. For, yeah, once, yeah. All, For once in your life. For once in your life. It's virality.
1: They're hard to find, but I'll see what I can do. Look, there's she like over our it. over our cabinets, there's like a thing of flowers, a thing of vases, a big silver plate. Like what if I replaced every single one of those with a Buffalo? (laughs) She'd be so upset. That's it. That's this week's project. So, all right. uh, Bourbon on a budget. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Neil and Ari were great. We Mm -hmm. will review their bourbon on Thursday's episode that comes out. You can check it out. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple music, all those places. We appreciate you guys' support again, bourbon on a budget on social media. And if you want to see cool pictures of, uh, Buffalo Balls, check us out. Um, for TJ Pinger, myself, Brendan Sinone, and Ben Cock, thanks for hanging out. Cheers, everybody.